You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. I'm actually going to start my sermon uh, today with a picture. So if I could, uh, Jody, if you could put this picture up. Okay, stretch of road. What do you think the speed limit is for a stretch of road like this? 55? I, I need numbers, not comments. 90. <laughs> you wish. You wish. What, yeah, what is the legal one? I heard 55, 45. Here, okay, Here's, we don't know, do we? Now, um, this, this is actually a stretch of highway. It's Highway 58 um, between um, Interstate 85 in Virginia over to Virginia Beach. So it's, it's just north of the state line, runs east and west as you're heading towards uh, Virginia Beach. Um, but, you know, two lanes, split highway, <clears throat> open spaces. It could easily accommodate speeds of 55 or more. Easily. Too easily. Um, <clears throat> however, right before you get to the town of Emporia, the speed limit drops to 45. Um, the problem with that <clears throat> is this. Great hiding places for police cars and troopers to around corners and, you know, tree lines and stuff. And they're sitting there with their radar guns ready to get you. And you're driving, you're supposed to be driving 45 on a road that is easily able to accommodate speeds much higher. Emporia has a reputation of being a speed trap. That's one of its, it's known to do that. You're another victim over there. Thank you. Um, Sure enough, my first time driving to Virginia Beach, um, an Emporia police car is sitting behind a line of trees as I'm coming through in a church parking lot, no less. Um, And I got caught. And uh, here's the thing. In in the course of my um, 34 years of driving, 33 years, I've probably gotten five or six tickets. None of them have been on an interstate. All of them are on roads like this, where it's, um, you know, the speed limit is 40, 45. In no instance when I got a ticket was I in a hurry. I just wasn't paying attention. And so, you know, in those instances, you know, in that instance, you know, I get pulled over and, you know, writes me a ticket. And so I find myself very frustrated. Now, now most of them frustrated with myself for just not paying attention. It's my fault. I mean, I, the, it's not like they... The, the, the speed limits weren't posted. I just wasn't paying attention. So I'm frustrated with myself. But there's a part of me that's also bothered with the local government because there's a part of me that wonders, thinks, susp- I'm suspicious, that they created an artificial scenario with the sole, intr- sole intent to trap drivers. Have you ever felt like that? Maybe not in a driving situation, but it felt like maybe someone's trying to trap you into something and get you to do something you didn't want to do and, or get you to do something you shouldn't do and you felt trapped. And what do we, you know, just it, all kinds of emotions can come up within us. That's what's happening in the parable we're going to look at this morning. Jesus is, uh, and again, we're talking about parables, um, in fact, this is our final week. Next week, we're going to start a study in the book of Ruth. And I'm going to talk about that at the end here before we go. 
because we have homework uh, for you. But we're, to, the, we're end up our, our series on parables. Who can tell me what a parable is? We've been talking about it for five weeks. Thank you. It's a short, fictitious story that's based on real-life circumstances with the intent to, to create a deeper or, re, or um, re, reveal a deeper meaning. Um, and most of the parables told by Jesus were taught to convey a, church, a truth about God. The kingdom of God is like, or the kingdom of heaven is like, and you're supposed to understand that. Well, in a bit of an ironic twist, uh, today's parable has none of that. Um, there's no story. There's not no reference to the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And in fact, the only reason why it's included in some of the lists of parables of Jesus is because Mark, where we find this in Mark chapter 7, in his description of the account, says the disciples asked Jesus, hey, tell us what this parable means. That's the only, only way that you would even reference that this would be a parable. Um, but that's where we're going to actually take a look at uh, here this morning. The last week's parable came at the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. Um, this idea of, you know, we need to be ready for his return. Literally, 48 hours before he were to die on the cross um, is when he told this parable. Today's parable is more in the middle. It kind of goes back earlier into his life and ministry here. Um, at this point in time, his ministry and reputation has been well-established. Um, he is well-known throughout the entire region. In fact, Mark 6 says that the people recognized Jesus at once, and they ran throughout the whole area carrying sick people on mats to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he went, in villages, cities, or the countryside, they brought the sick out to the marketplaces. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. So, I mean, he is a known entity at this point in time. And um, he wasn't be able to kind of hide out and, and kind of avoid the crowds. Wherever he went, crowds followed. So as we come to chapter 7 in Mark, the, the, the author Mark tells us that some religious leaders had come from Jerusalem out to where Jesus was meeting and talking and teaching. And they observed that Jesus' disciples did not properly wash their hands before they ate. Um, purity was a big deal to the religious leaders back then. And, and th- it wasn't the germ thing, okay? There wasn't, they weren't concerned about COVID or some other virus, and that's why they had to wash their hands. It had to do with a ceremonial ritual. And the idea there that if, if certain ceremonial protocols weren't followed, then the food that was eaten would be considered impure. And if you ate impure food, then it made you impure. And so... Jesus, sensing a trap, unloaded on the religious leaders. He calls them hypocrites, um, and he really laid into them. Just really let them have it. He had become very frustrated with the inconsistencies of the religious leaders. They had committed their lives to following God, but they did so at the expense of how they treated one another. So, Mark chapter 7, we'll start with verse 14. You can follow along on your screen. If you're reading from one of your own um, translations, we're actually reading from the New Living Translation uh, today, a little change from our uh, traditional NIV. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. All of you listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. 
Then Jesus went into a house to get away from the crowd, and his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just used. Don't you understand either, he asked. Can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. And then he added, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, I'm sorry, for from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for this um, encounter that the disciples had with Jesus and his discussion with them about what makes us clean or unclean and what can defile us and what can make us, um, Lord, acceptable, even unacceptable before you. So, Lord, as uh, I talk in the next few minutes, I ask that you would, uh, Lord, uh, just guide the conversation and, and, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would speak in ways that he would desire, in ways that we would need to hear. And we commit this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus is talking. He's saying, what you eat or drink, you know, whether you wash your hands the right way or not, even if you don't wash your hands, um, none of these things will make you unclean or impure. You might get a stomach virus, but they don't affect your standing before God. The list of evil things Jesus mentions all have their origins from within each of us. Out of a person's heart come evil thoughts, immorality, greed, pride. Now, Jesus wasn't the first person to point this out to us. We see this even in the Old Testament. The writer of Proverbs tells us to guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. The prophet Jeremiah tells us the human heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. See, the problem is, though, more often than not, what's inside will eventually come out. Well, the question is, why? Why why is that the case? Well, sometimes it comes out because it's due to our depraved nature. Now, you wouldn't know that as they were up here because they were so sweet and quiet and well-behaved and just adorable. Um... No one would ever believe that anything evil or bad could come out of Zoe or Eden, you know, that they're just too sweet. And, and, and yet, we all know, though, it's not too long. Those of us who preceded them in the parenting thing, we know that it's not too long before they learn to use the word no. I'm curious, how many of you ever taught your child to say the word no? I've never had anybody say, yeah, that was right after mom and dad. All right, say No. They, where do they learn this? That where they, they, and, and, and have you ever watched the child, a young child, when you're trying to tell them that they need to share the toys they're playing with? Watch, have you ever watched their face? Yeah, yeah that, it's this. Sharing is a learned virtue. It must be taught. So one of the basic tenets of the Christian faith is that all of us are born with a sin nature. It's just resonant within us. We're born with it. It's part of the human condition. 
each of us has the innate capacity for evil in our lives. So sometimes it comes out of us because we're just, we're just sinful people and that's how sinful people might behave. Another reason why bad things come out of us, sometimes it's due to the choices we make. Now maybe you sink your life savings into a new business and it's not going well and stress can cause us to do things we wouldn't normally do. Or maybe it's some other decision, something else we've done, but the decisions we've made have created circumstances that cause us to behave in ways we probably shouldn't and we don't want. And some, we act out of our own fear. We act out of our own need, our own weakness. So sometimes these things come out of us because of choices we make. And I think another reason why bad things come out of us is sometimes it's due to the emotional, mental, and or physical injury we experience. You know, when a, a, I'm a, we'll stick with the kid motif here. Um, so a little toddler throws a toy. You know, they're just having a hissy fit. And he goes, oh, he's just tired. He just needs a nap. You know, what we're actually saying is that he doesn't have the emotional capacity to respond to his physical feelings or sensations, the physical needs at the time. The challenge is, though, that we continue to do this. Sometimes the older child becomes a bully to other kids. But it comes out over time that he or she is being abused at home. And they're just acting out of what they've experienced. Unfortunately, sometimes those same hurts and injuries follow us into adulthood. Emotionally immature adults can act out too, can't they? Sometimes we lash out at others as a means of protecting ourselves. Or sometimes we lash out at others. Sometimes we behave and do things that are destructive because of the pain or because of the injury that has, we've experienced. Sometimes bad things come out of us because others have caused bad things to happen to us. So, these things are in us. And they come out of us for a number of reasons. For me, the million-dollar question is, how do we get rid of the bad stuff that's inside? I think one of the ways we can get rid of it is that we can actually experience transformation. While we believe that each of us is born with a sin nature, we also believe we don't have to stay that way. God has provided a way out. Second Corinthians, Paul tells us, he talks about a veil that keeps people from seeing, a veil that blinds us, it distorts their vision. He says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image, in the image of Christ. Later on, Paul says that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Paul's telling us that when we surrender our lives to Christ, we become a new person. This truth is just the beginning. It's the catalyst. It's what starts us on this life of transformation. Are you familiar with a life straw? Have you ever heard that? It actually exists. So that's actually a picture of of one there. Um, It allows you to drink water you wouldn't otherwise want to drink. If you go on and just Google Life Straw, you're going to see all kinds of weird videos. I mean, weird in the sense of they're drinking things like there is no way in the world you could pay me to, to use one of the things there. Um, just, just 
But that's the point, is that you can actually drink um, water that you wouldn't otherwise drink. And so it's great if you're camping, if you're out backpacking, or you're going to be out from society or civilization. Um, it saves lives in parts of the world where you do not have a good drinking, a good source for drinking water. Um, and so it becomes very valuable. What, so what does it do? How does that work? Well, inside there's, I don't know, I don't know the, 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 how it's constructed, but essentially it's a filter. When you, you suck on it just like a straw, but as the water is pulled up into the straw, it filters out all of the different um, bad stuff that would be in the water. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's, 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 it's really interesting to see some of the things that works. And it's, it's supposed to be really effective. Like 99.9% of all the things that could, bacteria and things that could harm you, it filters it out. So, the same principle applies to us if we want to rid ourselves of the bad stuff that can exist within us. Even though, or, or, so that's actually the second point as far as how we can get rid of this stuff is that we need to live with a filter. Even though our hearts are transformed when we surrender our life to Jesus Christ, the transformation is not complete. We don't just wake up the next day and say, all right, I'm done. I'm like Jesus. We continue to be transformed every day. We have been transformed. We continue to be transformed. And the Holy Spirit can act as a filter, keeping out the things that might contaminate us, allowing us to continue becoming more like Christ. Paul tells us in Romans uh, chapter 12, he says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Changing the way you think. How do we do that? Paul goes on to tell us, he says, and now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. When we allow the Holy Spirit to filter out things that might contaminate us, good things are able to come out of us. Galatians, Paul again writes, Paul wrote a lot about this topic. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This type of fruit brings life to ourselves and to those in our lives. So lastly, one, how do we keep um, those things from getting into our life? I, I think we can thank God for grace. Thank God for grace. And this is just acknowledging the fact that we are human. We will fail. The religious leaders of Jesus, they had this idea that they had to earn God's favor. They had to earn their way into heaven. And if you did the right things, then God would approve you. Jesus saw right through the air in that thinking. Uh, if you ever noticed um, a child that said, you have a time out, you go sit. They may be physically sitting, but you can tell from their face, there's nothing inside of them that's sitting. They are just, there's, there's um, 
they're just as defiant as can be. Their heart hasn't changed, has it? Jesus is interested in our heart. Listen, on our own, we're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. In our humanity, things will come from within that defile us, but God's grace cleanses us and redeems us. God knows we're not perfect. He knows we're going to make mistakes, and he doesn't judge us by our behavior. He judges us by what's in our heart. And I love what Paul tells us in Romans 5. He says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Put simply, God's grace is undeserved. It cannot be earned. See, with Jesus, there is no trap. He lays it right out there for all to see. And when we accept God's grace and surrender our lives to him, not only are we cleansed in that moment, but the Holy Spirit continues to act in our lives, helping us to become more like Jesus each day. So as I wrap up my talk here this morning, I have to ask the question, what is the status of your heart today? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Have you given yourself to him? If not, you can do so today. You can do so this morning. Or if you have given your life to Jesus, have you allowed things to enter your heart that shouldn't be there? And if that's the case, then you too can pray and ask God to cleanse you And as we do close in prayer, excuse me, invite the Holy Spirit to cleanse you, to wash away the things that shouldn't be there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much again for this, these words of Jesus. And whether we, however we want to look at this situation, Jesus is very conscious of the fact that our behavior is not the things that really determine us. It's what's in our heart. And Lord, I know that here today, all of us have things in our heart that probably shouldn't be there. Whether it's some of the things that were listed, like uh, just greed and jealousy or anger. Uh, some of us have it there because we've been hurt. Some of it because we just have <clears throat> some choices that we've made that have affected us. And some of us are that way because that's just part of the sinful nature within us. But God, we confess that we need your, your power. We confess that we need you to cleanse us. So Father, if there's any here this morning who have not yet surrendered their life to you, have not given you their life, and have not given you the freedom to cleanse them, Lord, may they do that here right now, um, even at this moment. And Father, for others, Lord, that we may need to um, just ask for cleansing, that uh, things that have crept in, the things that might be there, things that you've revealed to us that we didn't even know about, that we would have the courage and the strength to um, pray and ask you to remove it, and that we would then be able to, uh, Lord, live life accordingly. 
Lord, you've put these things in our life not because you don't want us to have fun, not because you, you don't want us to enjoy life, but you put them there for our own protection. Lord, you put them there for our own benefit. Lord, you put them there so that we could have a restored relationship with you. So, Father, may our eyes be on you and not our circumstances. May our eyes be on you and not what others might say about you. So, Lord, we continue to put our lives into your hands and trust you for all things. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I do want to just invite you that if, if you want to make that decision, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I would love to be able to have a chance to talk with you and, and just pray with you to do that. And today could be the day that sets your life on a different path uh, where you, you wake up in the morning a, a new and different person. And what a great thing. Um, and likewise, or if it's just something else you just like prayer with or prayer about. Um, we have a l- number of people here who would love to be able to pray um, and r- with you. So <clears throat> listen, as, uh, let's stand for the benediction. We'll send you out. <clears throat> As you, uh, oh, I mentioned the homework. We're starting, to, we're starting a series on Ruth next week. Your homework assignment is that this week, read the book of Ruth, the entire book. It's not that long. You can do it. Break it up each day. You can do that. So that you come next Sunday having some context as what we're going to be you're talking about there. All right? Um, remember, we've got a number of other things that are happening. I'm sure they're in your worship guide. Uh, but just... Uh, uh, again, want to encourage you to, to read the worship guides and pay attention to what's in there. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and Holy Spirit, amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.